creativity alone just won't cut it. The C Word is a podcast about when creative meets business. You're in a place for designers who want a creative business in which they're valued. Great client relationships, work to be proud of, and the moolah to show for it. All with your sanity and creative mojo intact. Join me, Beck Hughes, your creative business cheer squad, for weekly chats to inspire and spur you into action. Let's challenge the BS, the shoulds, the fads and the FOMO and find what works for you. Hands up if your research phase consists of a client questionnaire and then maybe takes a look at some competitors and that's your brand strategy research done. I'm not here to throw shade on your research process, but I do want you to know that your strategy is only as good as your research. Don't get me wrong, like we're not in a lab here. We're not getting out our Petri dishes, working on the cure for cancer. It's not that intense. But I suppose most importantly, I don't want you to feel intimidated with the idea of research. It's not some huge project that needs loads of time and money thrown at it. When I worked in agency, we worked for big clients, Nestle, Unilever. Yes, the research when we were launching a new brand was big. You know, 20 or 30 research groups, quantitative research surveys. It was a lot. It was a process that might go for three months or six months before we even put pen to paper. It doesn't have to be like that, but there does need to be an element of research and it does need to dive into different perspectives around the project. Because if you only dish out a client questionnaire, you're only getting one person, maybe a couple of people's perspectives on where the project should go. So in this podcast, I want to share with you the five sources that I use to gather information when it comes to the research phase of any strategy project. And to be honest, it's not just strategy, it's also design or social media. Anything that you might be creating for your client needs information to make sure that it's on the right track. And this is where you go for your information. Now, before we start, that word information that I just mentioned is an important one because it's only one part of how to get the best out of your research. For me, research involves three different modalities, I suppose I would call them, which is information, insight and intuition. Information gathering is collecting the raw data the material that will inform this project. It's kind of, in many ways, the facts and figures, the undeniables. Insight is how you use parallel case studies, your knowledge and past experience to make sense of that raw data. It's overlaying the information, the facts and figures with external influences, other perspectives. And then intuition is your gut feel. It's your emotional response to the opportunity, to the challenge, to the information that's in front of you. And great research needs all those three modalities, all those three ways of thinking about the information that's in front of you. 
there's the raw data, the information itself, there's the insight you apply, and there's the intuition that you let come to the surface. Three different ways of thinking to draw on as you complete your research, and they're all of equal importance. And they don't necessarily happen in a linear way either. It's not a linear process. It's not gather the information, apply the insight, then hook into your intuition, tap into your intuition. Really, they run in parallel. So you might have an intuitive viewpoint and you can use the information to qualify what is essentially your hypothesis. Or the information can be interpreted in lots of ways on paper. So when you couple that with insight, you can interpret that information through the right lens. But I think sometimes we get a bit stuck on the information gathering bit. And forget to overlay that with insight, again, how our knowledge, skill, experience impacts that information and our intuition, which is what our creative gut is telling us. So my first message in this podcast, which is a little bit of a diversion, sorry, is to remember to use all three when you're researching a project. Gather the data, but then sort and filter it. Take meaning from it, challenge and test it and listen to your instincts and what that's telling you to. What does it say on paper, but also what's your emotional response to that? How do you feel about it? But like I said, we do get a bit stuck on information gathering, and I suspect that can be a bit light on too. Like I said at the very beginning, is it just a questionnaire and a quick look at the competitors? And if so, I don't actually think that's enough. Because great research impacts the outcomes and it gives you more objective data to lean on when the client wobbles, when they get cold feet, when they start to design by committee or try and DIY the process. You've got some hard, fast facts, some agreed research to pull on. So it's not just a battle of wills. So I want to share with you the five pillars of information gathering that I use when I undertake any brand strategy project, any and every one. The first one is stakeholder inputs. This is your client knowledge, their perspective, their challenges and their goals. It's getting that information out of their head and into the project database, if you like. And depending on who you're working with, this could be one person or it could be 10 who are an internal to the business. And it could also include close suppliers too. Their perspective may well be useful if it's a close working relationship. And this can take the form of a questionnaire, which is obviously the regular default, but also interviews or workshops. What this isn't is asking the client for the answers. It's asking questions that will give you the information you need to develop your insight to come to conclusions and to build hypotheses that you can test and try. This one for me is like it's the crux of the thing. It's where things go a bit wobbly. When you're sending a questionnaire to a client and you're asking them to come up with the answers, it's a big mistake because you're only getting one person's perspective and that's a nuanced perspective and that's got baggage around it. So to give you an example, this could be as simple as rather than saying list your five personality traits of your brand, ask them how they think their client would describe them. If the business was a person, what would their client say about them? 
or what type of person does their client prefer to work with? Get them to describe that person. Those kinds of exercises work better and tap into different types of thought processes, different parts of their creative brain, rather than just asking them straight off the bat to come up with the answers. Personally, I really like face-to-face discussion. You get the real and the raw rather than what is probably the textbook get it off my desk quick responses that you might get in a questionnaire. So I do have a questionnaire, but it's really that early, I just want to get their gut reaction to some things so I can pull that apart and dig around in it. But I much prefer interviews and workshops to get under the skin a bit. The other part of stakeholder inputs is asking your client for sources of reports, data about their industry, asking them for business plans or research or anything they might have done or gathered in their own business. It's talking to your client, but it's also getting any raw information that they may also have or industry bodies that they can point you towards. So that's the first one, stakeholder inputs. You've got to get your client and not just the the one person that you're working with, but if there are other people around them, you've got to get their input. I did a project with a large engineering company in the UK, and part of that was 15 stakeholder interviews. I interviewed from CEO through to management to people who were on the tools working day to day because I wanted everyone's perspective on the business. The next one is the brand audit. So this is understanding where their brand is right now. Obviously, if it's a startup, it's a new business, this isn't relevant. But if there's an existing brand, I want to pull that apart too. So a brand audit is looking at their existing circumstances and what that's telling you. How is it performing? What are the weak spots? What are the opportunities? My advice on this one is keep it simple. And here I look at five key things. The vision, the value, the vibe, the voice and the visual. So those are the five categories essentially that I would use to complete a brand audit. So if you look at those five things, there's a really good chance that you will uncover all the key information about their brand that you need. The third pillar that I use in my research is the competitor deconstruction. This is not just a quick look at three competitors. You know, what does their website look like? What's their logo? What are they, what's their color palette? I pull all the aspects of that competitive set apart to find the patterns, the trends, the gaps. I look at the language of the category. So that's the category, the industry that they're in. The messages that are very common, the visual presentation that tends to come up. What are the trends around the visual language? and the positioning of each of their competitors. Where do I think they sit in the mind of the consumer? Do clicks form from that? Are there standouts? Who's doing it well? Who's doing it badly? And then where are the viable gaps? Because the gaps are potentially where your client can sit. A competitive deconstruction isn't just about going, oh, well, I understand that that's, that competitor's got that colour palette and that competitor says that message. It's about then taking that information and saying, how can I sort it? What are the themes and the trends and the commonalities? What's the language of the industry that we could potentially challenge or rub up against to create something more unique? The fourth pillar is industry 
and trends analysis. So this is looking at bigger picture, at what is happening in their industry and around it that will have an impact on their brand and this project. So that's things like changes in technology, like the legal and the compliance issues that impact them. What's happening in consumer behavior and preferences? Is that changing? Will that have a bearing on the future of this brand? So having a perspective on those things is important too. What are the broader influences on this brand? And then finally, there's audience understanding. Last but not least, (laughs) the client and the prospective client. We want to get to know them. And when I say get to know them, this isn't really for me about, oh, you know, do they all like drinking coffee? Do they all read a particular magazine? Do they all watch particular TV shows? Because audiences can have important similarities, but it doesn't mean that they all like and do the same things. I think that's actually a bit of a furphy when it comes to painting your idol client picture. For me, the commonality is about understanding What do they share in common when it comes to mindset, when it comes to their desires around self-image? That's the powerful way to group a target audience, not on whether they all like chai latte or soy flat whites. It's, It's really an arbitrary thing. People can like different types of coffee, but they share a very common and powerful mindset or a very common and powerful desire. And it's that that we want to understand. So on that bombshell, (laughs) when it comes to audience understanding, there are a few things that you can look at. Look at groups and look at social media accounts where this audience might congregate. What are they saying? What is attracting them to those groups and those accounts? Answer the public is a brilliant tool to find out what language consumers are using on given topics. What are they searching? What's important to them? What's keeping them awake at night? What are their pain points, their priorities? The same goes for Google's predictive search tool. So when you type in a question that you think that audience might be looking for, don't ignore Google's suggestions. Google's kind of tapping you on the shoulder and letting you know what people are really searching for. It's saying, well, you search for that, but I just want you to know that all the other hundreds of thousands, even millions of people that have searched for something similar are actually saying this. That's really powerful. And then there's audience surveys and interviews. You've got to ask them. But asking is the easy bit. Knowing what to ask is the trickier bit. It's important to put time into, like I said before, finding ways of going through the back door, if you like, to get that audience thinking and to dig around and pull the information out from them in different ways. If you ask them a straight question, they might find it hard to answer. They might not know the answer. So you've got to try and put the question in different ways. I think surveys are really great for multiple choice. It's what's called quantitative research because you can easily identify, quantify trends, commonalities, because you're asking people to answer the same question in the same way. So it's easier to get that top line understanding of where the trends might be. Interviews, discussions, workshops, on the other hand, are great to get a bit deeper. 
and understand the nuances of that information. It's what's called qualitative research. It starts to get a bit deeper and qualify some of those top line insights that you might have got from a survey. So those are my five, I suppose, go-to resources, sources of information when I do research. Stakeholder inputs, the brand audit, your competitor deconstruction, industry trends and analysis, and then audience understanding. Like I said, your project results will be as robust as your research. Yes, you can design something that looks nice without research, without any research at all. But if you want it to be strategically sound, have a clear purpose, have real business impact, the research is where it's at. And don't forget, it's information, insight and intuition that make for a really solid research outcome. So thank you for listening to the C Word podcast. I hope you have an amazing day. You enjoy the rest of your week. And as always, I can't wait to chat to you again very, very soon. Thank you so much for joining me, Beck Hughes, on the C Word podcast. If you'd like to know more about me and how we can work together, head on over to my website at beckhughes.com or find me on Instagram or Facebook at Beck Hughes Branding. And if you like what you heard, subscribe, leave a review and share with your friends and business buddies who might like to listen in too. The music for this podcast is by Penguin Music on Pixabay.